Welcome to the UK Virtual School Podcast, a podcast for parents, home educating families, and those looking for an alternative to the current education system. I'm Sid, the founder of UK's first online school that does things differently. We dare to be different. We dare to question the notion of our current education system. Join us as we create a movement to disrupt education and seek to create one which is innovative, inclusive and fulfilling for the children who will become the leaders and change makers of tomorrow. Join us and become part of the conversation. Episode number five, my pandemic homeschool story why I chose UK Virtual School. So in this particular episode, we're going to be catching up with Ray Richards. Ray has become a a great ambassador for UK Virtual School. Her kids all came to UK Virtual School back in January. And today she's going to be talking about her journey into why she chose us and how it's been for her during what's been a very difficult time for everyone during COVID. Hi, Ray. How are you doing? Good. It's great to be on here and looking forward to sharing our journey. Tell us a little bit about you. What was it like for you before COVID? How was uh, the schooling system for you guys? And um, and at what point did you then kind of find out about UK Virtual School? I have three boys who are 13, 11 and 9 and I live on the Brighton Hove seafront. I'm a business and style coach uh, for entrepreneurs and uh, business owners and I had put the boys into the local schools because in Brighton the schooling is really excellent and my eldest was in a senior school just a comprehensive and my younger two were in the beautiful village primary school and it was all pretty idyllic pre-covid um and I really started to notice a change when we had that big break where we were homeschooling effectively whilst they were still at school. And obviously I was running a business. I was also waiting for a hip replacement. So I'm only 37, but that had to happen. And it was delayed. So I was in an awful lot of pain, had three boys at, at home. And what I really identified quickly is that the national curriculum is not set up to be a homeschool curriculum it's really a taught curriculum so I was having to stop my work and teach my nine-year-old and then ten-year-old how to do the things they needed to do in their lessons so we would get a sheet of paper at the beginning of the week download it we wouldn't have any teacher interaction for that whole summer term got one phone call once and we basically left on our own and it was a little bit unbelievable if I look back at it now. Um, my a teenager who was uh, year seven at the time would similarly have his Google classrooms and he'd get six lessons a day and we'd be spending eight, nine hours trying to complete everything basically on our own. And I very quickly recognized that this was not sustainable or healthy for the children and I. So at that point, I started to look what were the options going forward. And I had stalked you (laughs) on social media for about two years prior, seeing the things that you were doing online, recognizing you were a great educator. Um, And then I saw that you'd started UK Virtual School over the summer. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. But at that point, we decided to send the boys back into their primary schools and their senior schools in the September because we just didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. Um, at that point, we really saw that 
life had changed and the idyllic beautiful primary school experience had gone and it was very military style you know they were in bubbles there were masks it was a completely different scenario and very stressful for not just my children the other classmates and the teachers and I could recognize as a mindfulness teacher as well that the mental health and well-being element was really being missed out, not at the fault of the teachers, but they were obviously under pressure to catch children up. And it became a hotbed of stress. And it all came to head for us over the Christmas holidays where I could see, oh, we're all going to be back in lockdown. And I thought, I'm not willing to have my children not be taught by teachers for another term, you know, and, and I can't keep teaching them. I'm not a teacher. This is when I thought, right, we really need to look at what we need to do and enter UK Virtual School. And I remember the text that you sent because it came before the announcement the government gave about the lockdown. So you pretty much preempted it, this was going to happen um, and you contacted us and you mentioned me in the message. So the message went to our admin team and because it w- I think it was quite late at night and you mentioned that you'd been following me on social media and I felt obligated to respond and say, oh, hi, Ray, how are you doing? Even though we hadn't actually conversed prior, I hadn't seen you like or comment on post before um because you mentioned that you'd followed me I was like oh okay I'll respond to her um and you mentioned your three kids and and I think you were signed up the next day before the announcement happened Monday evening so I think Sunday you contacted us and by Monday you were enrolled a hundred percent and it looked on the outside like it was a very uh, reactive decision but it wasn't at all we had been looking at homeschooling options Hmm. since that summer term prior um, and seeing what was available so I'd become quite well versed in what was out there and what I loved about UK virtual school is it really struck that happy medium for me a lot of the homeschooling things were actually following a similar model to what I've been doing in that summer term of leaving the children to it a little effectively and I didn't feel that was supportive enough. And I also really recognized that the children hadn't had that connection consistently with the teacher for quite a long time. They Mm. had lost that bond with their teacher. And I felt that the world was becoming so unstable that what they needed and what I could really see they would benefit them was to have consistency. And so going into that next lockdown over Christmas into the new year I thought well it's so inconsistent again they're not having consistent connections with their classmates or teachers who knows when they're going to be back it might be in three weeks there's no consistency and what they need for themselves right now is to feel safe in control and have choice and so when I looked at your offerings at UK virtual school I saw that they're going to have a teacher the classrooms were going to be small so they could get to know their classmates they could develop some relationships and they're going to have a schedule that they can sit down and get used to and actually have some rhythm to their day, which is going to be a good thing for them overall. So when I sent you that message, it was just a matter of you ticked all the boxes for all the things that I'm looking for, both academically, but also for the well-being element as well. So how was your experience that first week and the adjustment to the kids having live lessons for the first time because were you in lockdown also in November yeah yeah did you have live lessons at that point or no for the whole time I think some private schools had had live lessons but we hadn't and it was going back to the format 
I think it was slightly changing where they would speak to the teacher for like the first half an hour of a lesson and then have to do the activities and maybe check in. But again, this is very much leaving a nine-year-old to get on and do work. <laughs> what if he got confused? What if he there's 30 people in a classroom? How is he going to articulate that he's got a problem or even know that he's got a problem? So that first week was really was a big relief for me. Um, initially, I just told the school during this lockdown, I'm going to be using UK virtual school and I'm not deregistering the children right now. And they were absolutely fine with that. So it kind of gave me a little bit of grace period to just see if this was the right thing for us to do for the rest of the year. But that first week, the teachers would email me back straight away saying, oh, I noticed that Theo felt a bit anxious when I asked him about this. Is there any way that I can, how does he communicate? Is there anything that I can say to help reassure him? And we really went into the nuance of how Theo worked. And at some point he had like a little fidget toy to just help calm him just that first week so that it was new. And because it, what we noticed is it's a much more intense environment yeah. because these children are being used to being put in the background and suddenly there's eight people on a call and the teacher's going to ask some questions and they're going to have to respond and they're going to have to listen otherwise they're not going to be able to fulfill what's being required of them mm. and so it really made them have to step up and actually focus which I was enormously grateful for and very quickly they've developed bonds with their teachers but also very quickly their actual academic ability was starting to like skyrocket their attention their sort of punctuality their own sort of ownership of their work because they respected their teachers they wanted to have done the work and they want to be able to respond and I was like oh my gosh this is worth its weight in gold just the, the fact of how they are as students now. And it's interesting the change that you see and we've had this feedback from multiple families where they've gone I can see the academic change that's happened throughout my child this year when they become the focus of the session rather than the teacher becoming the focus because we do kind of ask them questions and get them engaged suddenly they have to take responsibility for for being present and being able to answer and being able to say I don't get that bit and actually being able to engage and it it creates a very different mindset in the child they're not a passively learning anymore it's a very interactive and active approach um, so what did you see in particular was there any any topics or any subjects in particular where they didn't enjoy it at first or they, they were struggling with and you saw that change happen over over the months with my eldest we really saw the biggest change so he was in secondary school and he was now in a combined year eight year nine class with UK virtual school initially we had a, an extra tutorage with yourself actually to mm. I wanted a check are there any gaps that he's missed in year seven or where he doesn't really understand? So for a month, he had UK virtual school and some sort of top up sessions. And we were very, which is amazing to be able to have somebody to clearly look through everything that he should know, should, and see where his weaknesses and strengths were. And by doing that over within three months, Joseph went from having some gaps in his year seven knowledge to doing and actually being able to answer questions and do homework independently for year nine GCSE maths yeah. three months and it was just like his it wasn't just the application because that's a bit he slightly struggled with a little bit of having the concentration to listen to what's happening and looking at the workbook he got there very quickly but it was also just who he was becoming yeah he understood that it was a privilege to be 
having the choice to go to UK virtual school and that he could have the choice not to be wearing a mask and not going into that military style environment. And because he knew that he was choosing to do this, that that was a privilege, he was so much more um, willing to sit down and do the homework and be present and participate well on the actual classroom because it was an hour so for that hour he needed to give it all his all but that then gave him the privilege of not having to go into an environment that was highly stressful for him Mm. and what was really interesting was even though he was year eight we started him on a GCSE course but he'd missed three months from September to, well, four months from September to December. Um, and part of that one-to-one that I was giving him was to help him catch up on those basics. And he caught up really quickly. Um, but it was it was interesting identifying why the gaps were created in the first place. And it, it was because he was passively learning. And a lot of students do this because when they're in a class of 30, they don't have to be actively thinking. They get told the answer, they get told how to do it, and they just have to copy and replicate the technique. But when you are put on the spot and you have to actively participate and tell us what your thinking is, it's a very different way of doing maths and very different way of doing science and English. Um, and, and to see that progress over the months was uh, really exciting for me as well. And the one thing with, with Joseph is that every single teacher adored him. We'd always, in meetings, he would come up in conversation and they'd be like, oh, he sent a really polite email to us. And the way he says certain phrases in class, it it was just so polite and and so well-spoken for for a child that's really young still. And they've got really high hopes for him of where where he's going to end up going or what he's going to achieve. So they, they loved seeing that progress in him as well and seeing how he was building up his skills. It was a real testament to um, UK virtual school for the turnaround of it Joseph felt very empowered and that's the thing he hadn't been feeling I think COVID had taken choice away from children and us but children particularly and he felt very disempowered and felt pressured and slightly lost and UK virtual school sort of put him in the spotlight a bit supported him encouraged him and very quickly he started to thrive which made him feel good And that's what we want for our children, isn't it, really? Yeah, you want them to become into confident adults. And it's about, well, confident young people initially and then growing into adults. And it's about giving them the right level of challenge, right level of thinking time to kind of uh, achieve something. And it's finding that balance between not being too overwhelming because yeah, GCSE content could have been completely overwhelming for him, but he's building it up so he is able to then... um, approach those kind of questions and I do believe a lot of year seven eight and nine is repeated and if you've got a good foundation in year seven you can actually go on to GCSE straight away from there and you'll do okay Um, and it's just about building that confidence and part of what I found being a secondary school teacher is when it is repetitive the kids they don't see the purpose of it being repeated they're like oh we've done this before and they switch off Um, well in reality there's always going to be areas where they aren't 100% sure on and and we found those areas pretty quickly at the beginning and made sure that he 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 had those gaps filled like anything when you're it's more intensive you get to the problems quicker yes and you know i think it was just what he needed that stability that reassurance and he felt cared for 
And he felt cared for by us because we were giving him a choice to not have to have the experience of going into that environment. But also he felt cared for by the teachers and he respected them. And that made him become more attentive overall, which I think at 13 is a great skill Mm. to learn, to have that respect for yourself and also to be respected by the teachers. I think he was not feeling respected by the teachers or the environment he was in which is fair enough because this is the very, it's very imprinting at this point in the development, isn't it? Around 13 of how you learn about the world. Mm. So I wasn't willing to compromise his life experience to feel negative about adults or authority. It was very important for me that he understood that he mattered, but he also had to respect that his elders expected him to show up and do the work as well. You deep dived into homeschooling completely because uh, I was seeing a lot of your Facebook posts and UK Virtual School is there to support the academic side and, and the areas that you want the extra support in. But it's not meant to be a nine till three sort of school. We don't have full daytime uh, lessons and we don't try and replicate school in that way. Um, and it worked really well for you because you managed to do other activities around. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you structured your days and how because you did all sorts of things like timetabling and got the kids involved so do you want to just talk (laughs) us through that I wouldn't say I'm a natural homeschool parent you know if you sort of looked at the archetype of a homeschooling parent I probably wouldn't fit it Um, you know I'm a businesswoman I have limited company I manage other people's businesses I'm a busy person so my time is precious so when I came to look at homeschooling I really had to see it as a I'm not saying other people's time isn't precious but what I mean is I'm limited on my time Hmm. so I really had to look at the fact I was becoming a facilitator of home education rather than becoming a homeschool teacher Hmm. and I think that was quite an important difference difference to make for me as well to be able to manage everything so for me I wanted to have the core um, subjects taught so I wanted them to know how to talk and communicate with teachers for the things that were going to be really essential like maths English science things that I didn't have any skill in I then implemented the Pomodoro method which is something I use for my business coaching clients which is 25 minutes of short bursts of work um, for the boys so on my timetabling for the day was how many pom-toms I call them could they do a day and we basically would in a week have different subjects that they were going to try and do and so whether it be um, art or geography and I looked at homeschooling websites and there's amazing resources out there Mm. and subscribed to quite a few different things um, like homemade education homemade learning and which are very much kind of the more walk through yourself and there were a timetable rock stars, some spelling zone, which I absolutely love. And so we would plan at the start of the day over breakfast what pom-toms they were going to do. So they'd have to do two English if they didn't have an English lesson, two maths if they didn't have maths, and maybe one history and one art. So that they were always doing around three and a half, four hours of homeschooling a day. And that would also allow me to work. So if I knew they were doing two pom-toms on English, they might do one pom-tom on spelling zone, which they could do themselves. And then they might read a book for half an hour and have to write a little paragraph about it. And then they'd have a break. They would set their time. I had a little timetable and they would plan when they were going to do their pom-toms, which gave them real autonomy and took ownership of their education. And I 
would make sure they had all their logins and everything ready on their computer. And they would go, okay, it's 11 o'clock. They'd set their little pom-tom timer. It's a little clock, which is numbered and it counts down. And they would do half an hour or 25 minutes on their geography. And it's a talk through and they knew how to do it. And it was amazing because they were suddenly becoming these little independent learners that I am teaching adults to do with their businesses. And Mm. my children at nine are already learning the skills to do it. And then as things opened up, they went to more things. In Brighton Hove, there's a thriving homeschool community. So they might do an afternoon of performing arts and they might do an afternoon of interactive science. So I just pieced together a model that meant that I could still work and they were still having interactions with teachers and and they were also learning those life skills. And that blended approach to learning is so important. Like too much of any, like too much of any one of those is is not good for anyone. If it's all interactive, uh, kids become complacent. They don't they don't pay attention. They feel too drained out. If it's too much of isolated work, independent work, they you can't carry that on there's no stamina to continue that on a long-term basis so it's a combination of all of those and it's just like people just like people can't be sat at a desk working for nine hours straight it's the same with kids um but that timetable because i remember you sharing lots of different photos on social media all of them sat there on their computers with their headphones on at the start of lessons for example and um your amazing timetables you're gonna have to share some of the photos so we can put them on our website um definitely because there's some amazing stuff that you did there and you really went all in with the homeschooling ethos and and kind of building that uh, independent skills in them and I think being a businesswoman helped you because you manage people and it was just like managing little people um that that are with you is your pump tom going off sorry it just went off yeah <laughs> apparently it's been five minutes um absolutely and I would go so far as to say it would be a benefit for anyone to do at least half a year of that blended learning of homeschooling just for how it re sort of configures your children if you're willing to go all in on it as it were because how much my children have progressed in themselves in that sort of January to the end of the summer term how it sort of recalibrated them as students was worth its weight in gold. And we're actually going into the Waldorf school in September. Um, So they won't be at UK virtual school, but I really wouldn't, and that's more to do with my timetabling and as the world's opened up, but I don't think I'd be happy for them to go to the Waldorf and back into schooling had they not learned the skills and had that autonomy by having the UK virtual school homeschooling experience. They are different children. And similarly, I'm just as happy to bring them out if it if I ever felt the need to and put them straight back into Hugo Virtual School. And they are just as happy to do that as well. And it's really interesting. We've had a few different conversations and I know you've been looking at potentially moving abroad and traveling and you've said oh we might come back to UK virtual school if that happens Um, because if you're moving about then finding a British system abroad is going to be more difficult uh, especially if you're not restricted to a certain area and I think the other thing that you said to me when Joseph went back to uh, well when he started the Waldorf school was that he found the maths work really easy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we'd be working yeah. at a much higher level right so he's obviously going to find a lot of the content easy now definitely and I think that was great for him because you know the last experience he had at school he was struggling with maths mm. and now he 
he's like, oh, I've covered this in a lot of depth and they're only just starting it. Um, but also for me, particularly, uh, you know, I would never send them into sort of a, a normal school. The Waldorf approach is very, very similar to it my is. homeschooling approach. So it, it's very much blended learning and it's, it's, it, it is the most similar version of school that I have been doing at home, um, which is kind of why it's the only one I feel comfortable putting the boys in at this point. Um, the only difference that we're going to struggle with a bit is that we've absolutely loved having three weeks on and one week off. <laughs> so that's what UK virtual school, you have three weeks of Zoom lessons, then you have a week off. And I actually reformatted my business so that I have three weeks on and one week off, which is amazing. And particularly as we're all online at the moment, I think three weeks on Zooms is enough. But now going to terms where we're doing, you know, seven, nine weeks at a go, that's going to be a change for us um so we'll see how it goes yeah it's exhausting i think especially the autumn term is so winter term autumn term they call it the autumn it's so exhausting it's so because it's so long and then by the end of it it's getting dark really early and this year we've just decided we're not going to do any december lessons at uk virtual school because based on last year the kids weren't turning up on time or they weren't even turning up because they're exhausted it's like the human body almost needs to hibernate during that period of time um, and it's just giving people rest so Waldorf school I loved their format um, I went and I volunteered in one of their schools a good couple of years ago uh, and it's something that I spoke to in one of the other podcast episodes that I did early on where I've kind of taken my inspiration from for, for UK virtual school and Waldorf has a very different approach to learning where it's more about the kid it's more about giving them the skills and so I, I completely support your decision in, in getting them into that school because it's amazing it's amazing especially if you're a busy parent and you're not able to kind of support them on, on a homeschooling journey which would have been similar because I know your approach is very similar um that is a really really great alternative to homeschooling we're really really uh, you know lucky that in brighton there's a wonderful ward off school it's just had a great offstead as well and the pandemic has actually forced them to go much more online in a way that is unusual for a ward off school there are a steiner school it's the other version of it now it's for me has struck that great balance of being holistically wonderful and mindful and well as the academics are good so sometimes i think they can be slightly out of balance but the pandemics forced them into the 21st century which is great for us it's amazing how schools have really struggled with the technology and it's taken them uh, practically a year to kind of catch up to doing live lessons when a lot of tutors and educators whose complete income relied on face-to-face -face, uh, reverted to or, or went online pretty quickly within that space of time in March because they had to. We forced ourselves to learn how to do things online. It also raised a lot of issues surrounding the education system as a whole because it's impossible to get a group of 30 kids on an interactive Zoom classroom because that just doesn't work. And then it makes you think, then does it really work in a normal classroom? Are they actually oh, engaging? Absolutely. For me, it really highlighted how the education system was an industrious move to get people into to work. And it was really a slightly a childcare facility. Mm. And that's fine. But is it raising the adults that we want in our society going forward? Are they equipped with the skills that they need? A lot of the things that I do as a business coach is teaching adults how to use the study skills that I could 
have learned at school, you know, that yes. my children are learning now at school. It's all that those fundamentals of timekeeping and uh, confidence and speaking up and boundaries. And it's all the things that fundamentally we need to know in school that quite often are missed. As an entrepreneur, what do you feel and what skills or what subjects or what what kind of things do you feel should be taught at school that you would have loved to have done as a kid that would have given you a head start in, in becoming a, a business person? For me, I was quite privileged. I went to an all-girls school in Devon, which was quite military in style. And I'm a highly creative person. And actually, I could have done with being in a Waldorf or Steiner school. But I was put into this very strict environment, which consequently has actually served me really well because I learned quite high level study skills whereas my partner went to Cambridge and he had no study skills and he was in a comprehensive and ended up getting quite a bad degree even though he got into Cambridge because he couldn't handle the pressure and he didn't have the organization skills to to carry the weight of everything he had to do so it was a real strange um, experience meeting as adults whereas I I'm not as academic as he is naturally, but I have really high level high, um, study skills. He's a natural genius with no study skills. So it was really interesting to see that. So for me, learning about productivity management, so for children and adults to learn how to timetable, how to manage their time, how to break down projects into bite-sized pieces so it's manageable learning about, oh my gosh, the simple things about maths to do with tax and how it's important to invest in your money as a child and understand all of the economy and that literacy around finance. Um, Because that ultimately affects what job we do, how we you know, work smart, don't work hard. You know, I try to work very smart and not particularly, I do work hard, but Every decision I make is intentional and it's all down to those skills of um, being able to manage my time um, effectively so I can do lots and lots of things. And also learn to relax, learn how to have fun, learn that that's also important, learn that music and art and hobbies are as important as knowing how to be financially literate and that it's okay to fluctuate between all of them be good at music and not so great at maths but know that they're both essential and I guess also in all of that finding who you are as a person I think a lot of adults are like I'm finding myself and it's because we've not had the ability to explore as a child who we really are what our personality is because usually we're told how to behave and how to act and how to think and how to value maths and English but not art so much and and we don't really get the ability or the capacity to kind of think for ourselves that I'm more inclined towards the art and I like this and this is who I am as a person and I'm very creative and sometimes we're dictated so many times who we should be and in that we lose ourselves that when we grow up as an adult we don't really know who we are um but everything that you've mentioned there is is completely true like we don't get taught any of the financial literacy and one thing that I'm so passionate about is once we've kind of established the basics at UK virtual school and and in September we're introducing like world views which is going to be our first unique kind of subject in the future I, I love the idea of introducing like an entrepreneurial course or something to do with more applied maths in like in the real world context like finances and investments and how to save and, and kind of thinking more about 
surviving in the world and actually flourishing rather than just kind of focused completely on academics because that's equally important what's your kind of view on what the future of education is going to be like do you think there's going to be a big shift now towards more blended approaches post-covid i hope so i'm a millennial and i think millennials are those people who've who've had one foot in both worlds pre-internet and internet and so i think our children are sort of get in the uh, influence of things that we've learned and experienced having experienced both types of worlds and I think that's important that we do start to see that the world is changing and it's important that we allow our children to become adaptable and use technology as a way of supporting that adaptability. I think the biggest um, privilege I've given my children is that they are very grounded and secure no matter what environment they're put in because they've got those core foundational skills. And I think as a society and in education, if we can equip those ch- our children with ground foundational skills and techniques, then they can have the fluidity to adapt and change and evolve with technology as it evolves and feel very supported and empowered. And I think the lack of adaptability and being in such tight models in education is going to hinder the future of our generations as the world changes so much. We don't know what's going to happen. So let's equip our children with the ability to adapt and evolve as quickly as possible, as mindfully as possible, and as with as much joy as possible. Your kids have got an amazing role model in you, because when you give your heart and soul to something, you really give your heart and soul. Because I followed your homeschooling journey, and I followed the journey now that you're taking in um, kind of expanding your business and um, moving them into Waldorf schools. And you're all in now in, into that kind of world. And I know well, wherever life takes you, you're going to be all in. <laughs> And I think that's so important for them to see that they have um, parents that are willing to change what their what their schedules are like, willing to change how they view the world, willing to change how they adapt and, and create something which not only helps with the, the career and the path that they're taking, but also encompasses the family life as well. And you did that so well when you said that you adapted your kind of business to suit the three weeks on and the one week off to, to suit the schedule. Um, and you went all in on that fourth week. Like I, I could see the photos that you were spending time with them, like you, you limited your time at work um and i think that's the kind of people we need we have people that get so stuck in their routine that they're not willing to change and that's what the kids see and then the kids become resistant to change as well and like you said we're in an ever-changing world and we need everyone to be open to kind of new ideas and new ways of doing things and you're a great role model ray um and it's going to be so exciting seeing your kids grow up and seeing the adults that they become and the changes that they're going to bring into the world um, I think there's a lot of great things they're going to be doing oh thank you I would say that if anybody was ever thinking about going into UK virtual school even if it was for a gap year it is only going to benefit your children and it's also going to create an intimacy with the parental child relationship and it gives permission to have a bit of independence and freedom and realize that you don't have to be in school for six hours a day you can do three hours of schooling and that's absolutely perfect and you can go and sit on the beach for the afternoon and that's okay too and I think if we can adapt that change in ourselves as adults and realize that we have the permission to not be in that strict model 
it's a wonderful example and liberation for our children to see as adults and hopefully help with the mental health crisis that we've got going on and maybe start to change that turn the corner a bit of that the flexibility for uk virtual school is just oh to die for it's it's so so (laughs) helpful when the world's crazy to know that there's that the insurance policy that no matter what there's going to be something there to support the kids maybe when you do go traveling you'll be back and uh, we'll be welcoming your kids back no doubt no doubt (laughs) wherever we are in the world i'm sure we'll find our way back at some point thank you so much for taking the time out ray because i know you're very busy and and sharing your pandemic homeschool journey with us and i think it's so fascinating for parents to hear everyone's got that unique story but the similarities in everyone found comfort in uk virtual school during that period of time whether they're staying with us or whether like you you're, you're kind of going back to the world again it's nice to know that we're here to support you and and vice versa that you're you're going to be willing to be able to come back to us when you need us um so thank you so much for taking the time sharing your journey and and telling us about how it was for you and thank you it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and um it was a real joy to be part of such a pioneering educational experience so thanks it Thank you for listening into the UK Virtual School podcast. We hope you took value from this podcast. And if you did, please remember to like and to subscribe and to share what you've learned with other families. Now, if you want to find out about UK Virtual School, go to ukvirtualschool.co.uk or you can join our page or Facebook group, UK Virtual School. We hope that your home education journey is an exciting one. And if you're right at the beginning of starting out, do reach out to us and ask us for some support. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Virtual School podcast and I'll see you next time.